In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing citizens' arrest. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today, we're going to be discussing the article on hold. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible. This verse is John 8, verses 3 and 4, and it reads like this. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. So today we're talking about citizens' arrest, and choosing this verse is um, very intentional in the sense that this was a type of citizen's arrest, right? It wasn't like there was police patrolling around. I mean, there was the Roman um, guards and stuff like that. But within the community, basically, it was up to citizens to arrest people and then bring them before the authority. Now, in this case here, what they're trying to do, obviously, is to trap Jesus, if you remember this story. But the reason we're using it is because what you have here is this. She was, in fact, caught in adultery. She was, in fact, if you will, breaking the law. Legally, she was breaking the law. They made a citizen's arrest, which was legal to do under those circumstances to arrest her for that. However, they were morally and ethically wrong. And, And it kind of fits in today's world, too, where you can do something that's completely legal, but because and I'm going to be careful with this, there's obviously a big difference between societal um, morals and ethics versus God's morals and ethics, right? In today's societal morals and ethics, they might determine that even though you did something legally right, you were still wrong somehow. You had sinned against society or, you know, the whatever the um, popular thought process is out there at a time. And so we have to be aware of that because, you know, people are against the church. People are against religious institutions because we do stand for ethics and morality. And when that comes into conflict with societal ethics, um, they're going to take every opportunity to get us. And so that's what we have to be aware of. When we're talking about citizens' arrest, it is very risky to do a citizen's arrest, and that's what we're going to be discussing today. Um, Before we continue on, this is going to be a great program that I really recommend that you forward this to your team and be prepared to have some real conversations because I'm going to take a very conservative approach of using um, citizen's arrest, and you or people on your team might have uh, want to be a little bit more aggressive. But we're going to talk about that today, and it's really something that you need to talk about with your team. So make sure you drop down, you get the weekly show notes. It's basically a, a summary of this program, and um, it has some talking points that maybe you want to bring up with your team. So check that out. All right, so let's get into some news stories here. The first one, Antioch, Tennessee, September 24, 2017. An active killer shot and killed a member of a church in the parking lot and then uh, went inside shooting. Someone called 911. When police arrived, the Burnett Chapel Church of Christ, um, they found an usher was holding the killer at gunpoint. 
So this is definitely a good citizen's arrest, right? It was the only thing that they could do to stop the killing, a good arrest. Next one, Tampa, Florida, April 4, 2016. A TV news crew is on the way to a story with uh, on a way to a story, witnessed another story as they passed a church. They saw a church custodian holding a burglar at gunpoint. This cu custodian was repairing damage done to the front door by someone breaking in. Since he had a permit to carry, he, um, he took his concealed handgun, not knowing if someone was inside. While the custodian was boarding up the door, the burglar returned. When he came upon the custodian, he turned and ran, and the custodian pursued, caught him, um, caught him in the bushes at the corner, and held the suspect until police arrived and took over. This is one where this is a little bit more risky, right? Because this is an arrest. Um, there's a level of force being used, um, and we'll talk about felonies. And even though you didn't witness the crime. You can still make a citizen's arrest, but it's a little bit more risky, and you'll you'll understand more as we get into this. All right, next news story: uh, Uganda Woods, California, May fifteenth, two thousand twenty-two. Uh, when a gunman opened fire at the after-service church dinner, killing one person, church members tackled him, tied him up with extension cords, and waited for police. No one was charged with false arrest. So once again, a felony that may or may not have occurred in their presence. They're taking him into custody, tackling him to the ground, and using extension cords to tie him up. That's definitely a citizen's arrest, and in this case, of a good example of when we should be using citizen's arrest. Next one, uh, Summerall, Mississippi, June 20th, 2022. A man um, awakened by barking dogs found someone trying to break into his house. He held the suspect at gunpoint with his shotgun until police arrived. They found pistols in his pockets. Um, uh, he had a bloody arm from breaking a window at a nearby church and getting cut by the broken glass. All right. So first I need to get into a legal disclaimer here. Um, I am not a licensed attorney. And I cannot give you legal advice. That's one thing. Number two, we all live in different jurisdictions around the country. So laws change state to state and sometimes city ordinances also regulate these kind of things. And so we have to be, you have to, you have to look into what you can do legally in your jurisdiction. I'm not giving you legal advice here. The other thing that you have to keep in mind and we'll be talking about this, is how it's not just the criminal law you have to worry about, it's about the civil law and how civil works. And so in the case, we talked about societal norms or societal expectations and morals as they compare to Christian uh, morals. Those are different, extremely different. And so you could do something morally right, Christian right, if you will, um, but still be wrong in a civil court and found guilty or responsible for some sort of liability in that situation. And that also changes throughout the country. You know, if you, you live in a very conservative place with very conservative judges that are going to support these kind of actions, then you're probably better off than someone living in a place that's more liberal. And um, they, they're not going to side with you. They're going to side with the with the 
the victim, I'm doing air quotes here, um, of, of the arrest. So we have to be very careful. So let's talk about what a citizen's arrest is. In a nutshell, it's stopping or detaining somebody um, because of a crime. You know, basically, uh, you could even reduce it just down to stopping or detaining a person is a citizen's arrest. Now, stopping and detaining someone could also be kidnapping, unlawful detainment, and many other things. But that's essentially it. And so, I'll give you a couple examples here of, you know, let's say you had a disruptor at your church. And you told them, hey, sit down here. We're calling the police. You need to sit down right here. Now, that in and of itself may not be an arrest. You just told them to sit down. You told them you were going to call the police. Now, if they try to get up and you tell them to sit back down, and they do, at that point, it's becoming more like an arrest because they are not free to leave. But if they get up and walk away, walk out the front door, then it could be argued they weren't arrested. They were just asked to stay. So that's kind of an example. And now this is just disturbing the peace or uh, drunken disorderly or something to that effect. It's, you know, it's just a disruptor. Um, and then, but on the other hand, <clears throat> Now, if you use something like handcuffs or you tie them with an extension cord or you lock them into a room, that is most definitely arrest every single time. That's detaining them without a doubt. So when can you make a citizen's arrest? There's basically three and two of them are so are, are almost the same thing. So the first one is a citizen can make an arrest when they see another person committing a public offense in front of them. Now, a public offense is anything that could face fines and jail time. So this is typically your misdemeanors and felonies. These are your those kind of crimes. So theft, um, a simple assault, aggravated assault, that kind of stuff. Basically, they trying to they commit a crime in front of you or even attempting to commit a crime and you detain them and hold them for law enforcement to come get them. That's citizen's arrest. The next time, another scenario is now we have felonies. So in the case of a felony being committed, a citizen's arrest <clears throat> can be done even if the public offense was not done in their presence, but they have enough evidence to support that a felony did occur. And so get, let me give you an example of that. Let's say you're minding your own business. And here's an example where I think a citizen's arrest is completely reasonable. Let's say you're on patrol at the church and suddenly you hear some gunshots out in the parking lot and the radio comes alive and it says lockdown, 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 active shooter in the front parking lot wearing all dark clothes. Just then, somebody walks through the front door, they're wearing all dark clothes, they have a handgun on them and um, because of just luck, and positioning and all those factors that affect uh, what kind of use of force we use, the kind of force we use, you're in a position to tackle them down to the ground and control them physically, disarm them, and hold them for police. So you do that. Now, if they're the killer, then, you know, you're a hero, right? You, take, you stop the attack, you got them down on the ground, you're holding them for police, there's a mountain of evidence supporting that they're the bad guy. Um, you know, you're definitely in good shape. But let's say they're not the killer. Let's just say it was somebody visiting the church. They heard the gunfire. They pulled their weapon instinctively. They're running inside the church for cover. 
you take them down to the ground to hold them. Well, you're going to be able to make a very good argument that based on the information that you had, even though you didn't witness the felony, right? You didn't witness it. Um, you have pretty good evidence there, right? You heard gunfire. You heard a call out that there was an active shooter out in the parking lot. A person matching that description with a gun came in through the front door. You tackled them down to the ground and put handcuffs on them. I think you're going to have a really good argument. Criminally, you'll be fine. Most likely very fine. I always got to qualify that. Most likely you'll be fine. And even in civil, you're going to be fine. Um, so that's an example of a felony that was not committed in your presence, but you had sufficient evidence. One of the things I want to bring up here is this, is one of the most common citizens arrests that occur around the country that a lot of us are going to be familiar with is the shoplifting situation, right? So somebody is observed taking candy bars, whatever, I don't know, taking something, and then the store manager or stop loss officer, security person, you know, basically says, you need to come with me. And they make that citizen's arrest. They bring them into a room somewhere. They sit them down. They call the police. The police come and they start their investigation. All that good stuff. That's the most common citizen's arrest. Um, I do not advise that kind of citizen's arrest for churches, though, because we have to keep in mind what a lot of these stores have that we don't have. And that's video footage. If you have cameras all over the place and you can actually present that kind of evidence, maybe you would consider that kind of arrest. But if you don't have that kind of stuff, don't do it. It's going to open you up to a lot of civil liability because you can't prove that the crime was committed. Does that make sense? And so even though you witness it, they don't even do it unless they have video proof of it. Just something for you to think about as far as when to arrest and when not to arrest, which kind of gets me, and I, I'm, I'm really just spinning out of control as far as this article is concerned. But I want this to be as, I want to make this as basic for you as possible. I, I think it is not a good idea to use citizen's arrest in the church unless it's the only way to protect people. Because what we have to remember as safety team volunteers is that we're not law enforcement. Our job is not justice. Our job is safety. And so let me give you an example. Let's say there's two people fighting in your lobby physically, swinging at each other. You know, how do you handle that type of situation? You know, obviously you're going to try to break up the fight. If you can identify as one as being the primary aggressor, and despite your efforts, you can't stop the attack, you know, verbal de-escalation, now you're stepping up. Maybe you're going to use some physical, you're going to use some force. Maybe that's going to be hands-on. Maybe that's going to be pepper spray. And you get to a point, if it continues to evolve, now this is quickly evolving, and you're trying to get control of this situation because you're trying to protect people from physical injury and possibly worse if it escalates to deadly force, who knows. You're, you're trying to stop that activity. So when you take the bad guy down and maybe you put some zippy cuffs on him or you're just holding him down with a couple of your teammates, that's an arrest at that point. But it was the only way to stop the attack. And I think that's where we have to limit our, our use of force and our citizens' arrest. 
It's about stopping the attack. It's protecting people. Now, let's go with that situation, and maybe it's a husband and wife, or it's two people that know each other. You know, hopefully they know each other if they're beating on each other. And one person gets up after you try to break them up. One person gets up, runs out the door. Well, to go chase after them and take them down to the ground and hold them for police is going to open you up to criminal liability. It's going to open you up to civil liability. It's going to open up the church to civil liability. And all for that, I'm trying to get justice here as opposed to protecting. Because if you're just protecting people, then then you, you really didn't do anything. You actually opened yourself up to physical injury and additional problems because you're trying to chase them down. And so I, I hope you're kind of getting the gist of what I'm saying here. Citizens' arrest to protect people from injury and or death makes complete sense to me. But let's go over another scenario. So I used to go to a church where their coffee bar was really, um, how uh, it was a nice coffee bar, but they had managing issues. And one of the things that they would do is they would have a little basket with money in it and it had a suggested you know, donation amount. A lot of offices do this, right? Now, imagine you're on patrol and you see some teenager or somebody basically taking all the cash out of the basket and shoving it in their pocket. Now, the justice in us that wanna have justice would say, well, hey, that's a good citizen's arrest, especially if we have cameras we have it on film, we're gonna be able to get a good conviction out of this, the police are gonna come, arrest them, and everything's gonna be great. But what happens if, if when you have, go to arrest them now that you're pursuing them or using some level of force on them and maybe it escalates to a lot of force and all these different things, over what's probably maybe you know, 20 bucks, You've now, you're going to have to spend thousands of dollars on an attorney. The church is going to have to spend thousands of dollars on an attorney. Um, and, you know, you still might end up getting successfully sued over that thing. So it just, you, it's kind of one of those things where you got to kind of do the math here. You know, when it comes to theft, what are we talking about? Unless you have the, unless you have a baseball diamond at your church, and I mean, like an actual diamond, not a playing field you know, then it doesn't make any sense at all to risk your own money, the church's money, all over some theft. I get. I hope that makes sense. The same thing might apply in teenagers getting into a pushing match. You know, are you really going to detain them? I mean, certainly you're going to do what it takes to split them apart to protect, you know, from further damage to each other. But then are you going to hold them if one of them wants to leave? You know, I would say not. Let them go because once again, especially teenagers, younger people, they're very volatile and who knows what they're capable of. It's better for them just to leave and then maybe once you know you call the police, they investigate them, maybe you have a trespass warrant or if they're a regular family to the church, you're inviting them to, for a meeting or whatnot. So I've gone all over the place here, but I, I think we're kind of sticking to the main point of his article that you're definitely Wesley's article you're definitely want to check out just keep in mind that citizens arrests could result in you getting injured or someone in your team getting injured it could result in civil and criminal liability and so we want to preserve it for the times where it is the only right answer in order to protect somebody and when it comes to property 
you know what, things can be repaired, things can be fixed. And a lot of these things can be repaired or replaced or fixed for a lot cheaper than the attorneys and any successful lawsuit for sure. So just keep that in mind. Have that conversation with your team. And talk about scenarios that are likely in your area. You know, certainly it's pretty easy to talk about the active shooter comes through the front door and you tackle them down to the ground, hold them for police. That's the easy button, right? That's easy to say we definitely do that. But talk about those lesser levels. Where are we going to draw the line? Are we going to say, nope, never a citizen's arrest for property? I think that's a good policy. But then you get into those things. Two teenagers fighting. Huh? I, I, I don't know. Um, what if it's a, a simple assault, a pushing that you see? Do you stop the fight, call the police and let them handle it? And if somebody wants to leave, do you let them leave or do you make them stay? Or what level of force are you willing to use to make that, you know, to affect that arrest, right? I mean, every time we have to keep in mind like, hey, you need to sit down and stay here. The police are coming. No, I told you to sit down or, you know what I'm saying? You, you have to decide what are they willing to do? Are they armed? You, you don't know. Are they capable of great violence? You don't know. And so how much force are you willing to use in those lesser things? These are the conversations you guys have to have. So anyway, um, the school year is going great. The first quarter has started. We've already covered security team fundamentals and active shooter. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of good conversation. People are learning. I think it's a little bit like drinking out of a fire hose, but students are drinking as fast as they can, and I think it's going really good. Next week um, is going to be verbal de-escalation, de-escalating disruptive people, and it'll really touch in on some of this, you know, better better choices than a citizens' arrest. So anyway, thank you so much for being here this week, and hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.